Welcome in everyone to another edition of Global Dynasty Sports Talk Radio. On this edition, Blake and Taylor will recap Super Bowl 55 between the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Kansas City Chiefs. Talk potential quarterback movement from Carson Wentz, Deshaun Watson, and Sam Darnold. The MLB is deadening baseballs due to the home run surge. Previewing UFC 258. And previewing this weekend's Daytona 500. Global Dynasty Sports Talk Radio episode 135 begins right now. Yeah. Microphone check. Look. Uh. All we do is go, go, go. Case you didn't know, no, no. Global Dynasty Sports Talk Radio. Yeah, we on for show. With the host Black and Taylor. You already know they down for whatever. When it comes to sports, there ain't no jokes. Already know that they into, so you better come in tune in. Cause you know what this about. Gonna make you scream and shout with all the nasty news. This the dynasty, cause you don't know the breaking rules. Telling you what it do's. Giving you the insight and best believe they're doing it right. Every day and every night. Only question is, yo, is you ready to take flight? Greetings, greetings. Welcome in, everybody, to another edition of Global Dynasty Sports Talk Radio. You are listening to episode 135. How's it going, everybody? For those of you who are in relationships, married, maybe in a brand new relationship, us guys, or maybe if women take the reins in your relationship, We've got something to uphold over the weekend, Taylor, and that's Valentine's Day. You are listening, as I mentioned, to episode 135. Welcome in, everybody. Your host, Blake Plotsky, hanging here with you on this Thursday, February 11th, 2021, three days until the big holiday of hearts and Cupid and love is in the air. With me, as always, is my co-host, Taylor Johnson. How's it going, Taylor? Love is in the air. Da, da, da. I don't know. <laughs> it's all it's all good, dude. No, I'm doing good. Um, I'm in, enjoying my little COVIDcation that I have now. So Taylor is quarantined to due to a close contact at work, everybody. Yes, so I'm getting paid to sit at home. We got a rowing machine today, so <laughs> I guess I'll do a lot of rowing. I hey will, man, uh, in my at my last job, I, I got paid due to being out for due to COVID. So hey, I get it. I will Ex- uh go ahead. Oh, and this, I was going to say on this rowing machine, um, I plan to, dare I say, row the boat. I knew you were going to sneak that in there somehow. I was hoping it wouldn't be this early, but hey, beggars oh, can't be more. choosers. There's more where that came from. Oh, dear Lord. Before we get started, everybody, I just wanted to say from our listenership numbers, 
just in this year alone, it's been two months. Thank you so much to all the new listeners out there, to the listeners that have been listening for a long time, or even since the very beginning. Thank you guys all so much. Our listener numbers are up by uh, uh, just, a, I mean, more than a touch, I should say. Even over the last year, Taylor, we might break our numbers again, but I don't want to jinx it. Um, I believe we're on the same trajectory to the moon as Dogecoin, so let's go. Yeah, everybody out there, buy up Dogecoin. Let's take on, the let's price go. to the moon. Let's go. Screw all the other ones. Let's go. Come on. <laughs> I tell you. All right, everybody. Without further ado, let's jump into it. First up, Taylor. The big event over the weekend, Super Bowl 55, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers versus the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, Taylor, before we get into the game itself, how did you uh, take in the Super Bowl? Did you kind of just hang out with the family at home? Yeah, it was me and my wife, and we literally, since it was so freaking cold out. Amen um, to that. Got our groceries Friday, um, and we're on a diet, so we had... Like we didn't pig out like we normally would. You had so salads and rabbit sa- salads and salads. rabbit salads <laughs> and rabbit food. No, we had um on the diet we're on. We can eat meat, but uh, oh that uh, that sounds miserable. Hey, hey, it is. You, both it's of you horrible. guys. Hey, I, I applaud you for what you're doing. You, Leah. Hey, you guys do what you do. I couldn't do it. You two are stronger no, we, than I am. I can't without meat. I I would not have life pulse. No, we can eat meat. Oh, I One thought you said things, can't. No, okay, can. okay. Misheard you. Gotcha. So we had a bunch of little smokies wrapped in bacon. That was pretty good. Oh, what else sure. We have sure. I don't remember what else we had, but so yeah. And then we watched it. I had a glass of scotch. So, you know, it was pretty, this was the first Super Bowl in a long time that I can remember where I, maybe it was because of the year we just went through that I honestly really didn't care about the Super Bowl. Like the fanfare wasn't there. It just, it literally seemed like just another game. You aren't the only one. My mother actually said the same thing to me, not like three days before the Super Bowl. So you're not the only one. Usually I get pretty, I was thinking about this about two or three days before the Super Bowl. I get pretty amped up for it. I get really excited. And yeah, this year I really just didn't care. I mean, I still watched it, but I just, I really didn't care. You know, and it's interesting that you say it didn't feel like the Super Bowl. It probably wouldn't have to me either without going to my brothers like I do every year. My brother hosts a Super Bowl get together every year. And no, we didn't have like 20 or 30 people over. Calm down, everybody. Just got together with some, you know, people that we trust. You know, we knew where, you know, this person, that person was around and just kind of hung out. And honestly, before the, or during the game, I should say, I'm having this conversation, that conversation. And in the first half, I probably watched 12 plays and one half of a commercial. That's it. During the second half, I actually sat down and got to watch a lot of the game. And what a game it was. I, I, what a game it was. 
Taylor, there, there's a couple of directions that oh. I want to go. Where, where do we start, brother? I, I don't know. I, to be honest with you, I got kind of, okay, I will admit I'll go one route and I'm not saying this is why the chiefs lost, but there were some very questionable calls in the first half that went against Kansas city. You think, I mean, um, how, how tight the refs were calling the game was, I mean, atrocious. I mean, so, so that's the game that you want to call it tight, but in the regular season, Oh, let, let him play. Let, yeah. Let him play. Whatever. You don't think that in the biggest game of the year, two teams vying for a championship, the chiefs looking to be repeat champions for the first time in 16 or 17 years. And you don't let them play. I, I hear you. And I don't remember who it was. Some, I think he was the former chief of officiating something. He even said the day after the game that, um, compared Mike Pereira? to what, no, it wasn't him. I th- oh, okay. Don't remember. It's somebody like that. That's on. I don't know if he's on CBS or what ESPN. Oh, I, I can picture his face. Can't think of his name. I can picture. He, I, I think it was him, but he said, um, you know, compared to what we saw called in the regular season, those should not have been called. It was atrocious. A, it was especially, terrible. Especially, especially the one in the end zone against Mike Evans. First of all, that ball almost went into the first row of the stands. Uncatchable. Secondly, there was nothing there, nothing at all. And you know, third, I do, I believe he made the argument that Mike Evans was the one that initiated contact and Tyron Matthew, who can, st- it's like a defensive player in basketball. It, you can't be ran over. If you're there set, a guy can't just come run you over and go on, on his route. And they call that defensive pass interference. There was a lot to question my friend, but you, you know, I mean, the game was basically over by halftime. It I mean, to, to begin with Taylor and our lead up in our Super Bowl preview last week, I mentioned, uh, you know, the chiefs probably not being able to run on Tampa Bay very much. Clyde Edwards, a being healthy, thankfully, even though the chiefs have three offensive linemen that are hurt. He only he only ran the ball nine times, dude. But he still got a a seven point one yard clip. He just, the, you know they they didn't. I don't think the Chiefs planned the right game plan. I don't think. You know, uh, I would agree, and I I I don't know. They just didn't seem prepared. They didn't seem in the game. They just seemed like. I, like they were overthinking things. Um, I watched, uh, you know, I did uh, just wrote just real quick, just yep. to what you just said. I didn't think of it that way until you just said it about overthinking things. You know what? You're right. It, it, thinking back on it and just thinking of it that way. You're absolutely right. Go ahead. I just wanted to say that, which is it's, it's weird for an Andy Reed offense. Cause they yes. make you overthink things and they just, I don't know. Um, but I, I saw a clip on the QB school, JT O'Sullivan. If nobody has checked that out on YouTube, do it. Cause, oh my God, that guy is amazing. Um, shout out to him, but he kind of broke down the game of like passes that Mahomes made 
that he's look he's looking at the wrong read and he's he, he did make mention that he doesn't know if that's how they scheme it but he's looking one way when he should be looking the other and it's just so uncharacteristic of him um there were times and of course he got beat up during that game especially in the second I was half. I was going to say just real um, quick I was going to say that may be true he might have been making the wrong read it's also tough to make the right read when in 1.3 seconds you're right. 15 yards behind your offensive line and being chased down by an an edge rusher and one of the outside linebackers and he Patrick, you know, but, but just just one stat taylor before you go on patrick mahomes ran for more yards behind his own line of scrimmage than in any NFL playoff game in NFL history, 400 plus yards behind his line of scrimmage, him just running and trying to say defender, get, a, get the hell away from me. Um, and he brought that up in that clip too, but he also showed like there were some passes. He had a clean pocket, very few that the second where it might've seemed it was breaking down. He was running instead of staying in there and making a good throw. Um, but there were times <laughs> Mahomes running around reminded me of that little giant scene um, where they're running around the ref and that guy, that kid saying, blow the whistle, blow the yeah, whistle. Right, right. With the entire <laughs> team behind him. That's what it seemed like. And it absolutely, that's actually a, a good point. I it, like that. And it, you know, I get that they're missing more what would you say three players on the offensive three line? of five three of the five starters do you know who their left tackle was for the super bowl uh it doesn't come to me um mike remmers is that name supposed to is mean something name? to me I, i'm sorry but to you no but to viking fans yes oh um, the former viking okay okay now that you say that sure we i think his best position is right guard i think that's his normal position i believe the vikings moved around a lot and it was like opening up the floodgates he got beat on like almost every play it seemed like you know and one other thing that i'll say before i try and move on to tampa bay i guess and just ugh, i'll yeah. get to that i Anyone that is saying that Patrick Mahomes, anybody that's taking away from the Chiefs game and blaming it on Patrick Mahomes, just how? Nah, you can't. I don't. I don't want to say the wrong thing, so I'm going to stop myself. But come on. How many drop passes did his receivers have? Too. Kelsey had one right away. That kind of set the tone. Um. Mahomes honestly was one of the few offensive players that could make chicken salad out of chicken poo. And he tried everything he could. I mean, and again, and I get, and again, I know that he does, you know, like throws with his off hand behind the back through the legs. Obviously I'm being facetious, but seriously, he, he had to throw it that way or else the Chiefs get nowhere. I mean, they they could have gave Edwards a layer, a couple more runs, but Taylor, as we said, I'm going to say it again. 
in the preview, Tampa Bay had one of the be better run defenses in the league this year. It's just, it's not a smart game plan. And you have a former NFL MVP reigning Super Bowl champion. I mean, why not use him? And yet it showed that Patrick Mahomes, even with two of the five starters still upright, that he can't do everything. I mean, he tried that, that throw where he's basically parallel with the ground and he's throwing its sidearm and hits the, and hits the receiver. I mean, he, I just, I'm trying to give the guy all the credit in the world just to, for people to say, oh, he, he hit 50% of his throws. Yeah. If you're running for your life and don't want your head cut off, you would be, you would have too. He, uh, when he did that throw, he literally flicked it 30 yards as like, he's falling down and he, they still almost scored a touchdown. Probably exactly. should have scored a touchdown. I do. However, I give a lot of credit to Tampa Bay's defense and Todd. Yes. Bay. Yes. Their game plan. They schemed it perfectly and Correct. they got and, and I, Kansas and, city out of sorts. Correct. And I wanted to get to that. Because going to Tampa Bay, Taylor, I wanted to get to that for the simple fact that everybody's falling over Tom Brady. Oh, nope. Defense, don't look over there. Todd Bowles, don't look over there. Nope. Oh, no, no. They just did their job. They did what they're supposed to do. Tom Brady, you know, what is it? Six, seven Super Bowls? I don't really care. Seven. Oh, oh. <laughs> 21 of 29 for 201 yards, three touchdowns. Three touchdowns, great in any game, Taylor, let alone the Super Bowl. 21 of 29, again, great Pretty in good. any game, let alone the Super Bowl. The 201 yards, I mean, eh, I mean, okay. Let's see here. What's an average? 200, I, I would have guessed he had more. That's what I'm saying. Wow, that's he he had a he had a long for longest throw of 31 yards. Suppose they did have pretty good field position almost every time they got the ball. Right. And so. also, you know, and again, and everybody just falling over Tom Brady. The defense Taylor played out of their mind, played great. I I thought that maybe the Buccaneers defense would have an edge because of the offensive linemen that were hurt, the three of five starters that were out. I didn't expect what happened. And all the credit in the world to them, all the credit in the world for Leonard Fournette, who was left for dead and traded oh, to man. Tampa Bay. What a resurgent and, 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 and what and what better time for him to have the game of his life. Playoff I mean, Lenny. 16 carries, 90 or uh, 16 carries, 89 yards. I mix those numbers up. 5.6 yards a clip, a long rush of 27 yards. And Taylor, Leonard Fournette's touchdown, where he just ran through everybody. Lord above. Jeez. I mean, Leonard Fournette ran like, like it was the biggest thing that he's ever wanted. And who could blame the guy? He probably had the best playoff stretch I think I've seen not only a running back, but I think any player 
minus, I think, Joe Flacco the year they won the Super Bowl. And then, you know, Leonard Fournette had that big run, so Leonard Fournette gets a lot of the credit. Nobody mentioned Donald Jones, 12 carries, 61 yards for 5.1 yards a clip. 0.5, just 0.5 less than Fournette. And Ronald Jones didn't get talked about at all. And then you have guys like, you know, Gronk turning back the clock eight years and six for 67 and two touchdowns. I mean, the guy, the guy is a skeleton. I mean, he runs like, I think, I think he should be drug tested after that game. Personally, I'm being sarcastic. I'm being sarcastic. Calm down. I'm being sarcastic, but again, and it, all the credit to Tampa Bay, again, especially the defense, Taylor. Not enough people are talking about the defense, and it's criminal. The defense and Todd Bowles. There are some people saying that after after the Super Bowl, Eagles fans are like, did we hire the wrong head coach? Well, you know, I mean, rea- reactionary like that, and I do understand it. But my biggest point is, Taylor, is that Not enough credit is going around and it's just everybody looks at Tom Brady and all shucks Tom Brady and it just it. I get it. He's 43. He eats trees and plants and and quinoa and whatever else. I, I don't know. But I Tom Brady just grinds my gears. I'm trying to not get riled up. I don't know what the precedent is, but I don't like you should be able to give the Super Bowl MVP to a, an entire group. Like this would be the year for sure to do it. No, I I, I get you. I get you. But I, they never will. And no, I I don't, I mean, I don't think one specific player on defense balled out. They all did. So, right. Played as a collective, right. So, you knew when the game was in hand, what, third quarter, halftime, like you said, that the MVP was going to Tom Brady. It just, again, I don't agree with, but again, I get the completions, three touchdowns, but again, the yards are pedestrian. Yeah. Give it to Leonard Fournette or Gronk. Or, you know, Antoine Winfield Jr. Sure. I Levante David, but it just shows that it's a quarterback league. And I, you know, and everybody's going, we're going back to the Super Bowl next year, Tom Brady. Or, and then you have the video yesterday of a drunk Tom Brady, uh, avocado vodka. (laughs) It's so funny. It was actually oh, avocado tequila. Whatever it was. And then Tom Brady, oh, buttoned up cyber Tom Brady. I don't do, I never make a mistake. And then, oh, gee whiz, I'm celebrating. So look at me. I'm falling down. I'm drunk. Oh, look at me. Throw the Lombardi trophy. Just, oh, God. I just, I can't take it. Everybody just, it's like, go. Nope. I can't say that. Did uh I can't did you say see the, him throw the Lombardi phrase. trophy from his two million dollar boat? Yeah, think, no, that's Gronk. that's why I said oh under awesome. him, throw the Lombardi trophy. How awesome is that? I did hear a joke on the local morning show, and so I will say this. 
Tom Brady, again, cybernetic as can be. He's a robot, all buttoned up, says all the right things. And the joke was this. It was texted into the local morning show where, where the guy said, or guy or gal, I'm not, I'm not entirely sure. It wasn't spe- specified where he says, Tom Brady can act a fool and go fall, falling down. And, oh, everything's all hunky-dory, Mr. You know, I'm a cyborg and I don't do anything wrong, yada, yada, yada. But I get drunk at my brother's wedding and I ruined the party. I thought that that was perfect. You know, if he had Tom Brady with him, it'd probably be all right then. Oh, yeah. Then it's passable because, oh, shucks, gee whiz, Tom Brady. I just, I'm going to, I'm going to move us along because I don't want to talk about Tom Brady anymore. I'm fine with that. Driving my blood pressure through the roof. Taylor, up next, we have some quarterbacks to talk about. Who is on the move? First up, I just want to rip the Band-Aid off. Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz is Doug Peterson. Fire Doug Peterson, so that means that Carson Wentz is staying. Hire Nick Sirianni. Oh, Carson Wentz, you know, he probably would do well with Sirianni. Oh, oh, no, we want to get out of the contract. Oh, teams call us. Our phones are open. Oh, the Colts and Bears are calling us. Oh, maybe a third mystery team. Oh, we Eagles want two first-round picks. Oh, we're... I... It's an hour by hour drama series, Taylor. And I, my brain can't handle it. I just want this to be over. Just want it to be over. And I will say this. I do want a first round pick for Carson Wentz. There is a more important thing that I want with the trade. And get, give something back to the Bears, Colts, mystery third team, doesn't matter. I want a player that is going to play week in and week out. Like the idea of the Bears first round pick, Nick Foles and Tyreek Cohen. Nope, doesn't work. Because Nick Foles is not going to start. And Tyreek Cohen, his injuries aside, that's not even the biggest thing. I don't think Tyree Cohen at this point is a good enough compliment to Miles Sanders. Doesn't work because Miles Sanders needs too much of the ball. It's not a player that plays enough snaps. Do, do you kind of follow me here? Well, wouldn't they like Cohen's more kind of like a, a returner now? And it's not like the Eagles need that with Jalen Rieger. So, yeah, he's just more, more, to my, more, more to my point. Exactly. He would just kind of. Him and Foles would just hang out on the sidelines. Two players that intrigue me on hypothetical trades that I saw. Um, I screenshotted it on my phone. I deleted it. I can't find it again because I, I routinely uh, go through and delete my trash just to keep the phone as pristine as possible. Two players that I would want from the Colts and the Bears. They both play the same position, oddly enough. Both a corner, either from the Colts, again, first-round pick. I'm not moving off of that. Two first-rounders, probably not going to get that unless if a quarterback goes down and 
and the Vikings call up for Sam Bradford, that type of thing. So that's probably out the window unless for extenuating circumstances. I want either from the Colts, cornerback Rocky Sin. Taylor, if you remember our NFL mock draft of that year, I was big on Rocky Sin. I still am. He needs to get his discipline down a little bit. I still think he's a very good player. He committed uh, more penalties than I would have liked last year. So uh, that needs to be curtailed. And I mean, it can be, it just needs something he needs to work on that. You know, it's not something that would scare me away for the bears again, corner Kyle Fuller. Those are the two players that I would most want in a trade and say, you want Carson Wentz, your first round pick. Again, we can give you something else in return, but the first round pick and Rocky sin slash Kyle Fuller. That's what, that's my starting point. I don't think either of those would ever happen. Not saying that they will. I'm just saying that that's my initial starting point. That's my jumping off point and we can go from there. You'll be lucky to get a first round pick. I mean, hell, I said uh, in my brother's league's fantasy chat, I said, hell, the Lions asked the Rams for uh, Aaron Donald calling up the Colts that Eagles should ask for Darius Leonard. I mean, why not? And then go from there. That is true. I forgot about that. I mean, and it's just, it's crazy because everybody has sources and who's saying what and oh Carson Wentz is unhappy even though Carson Wentz hasn't said boo and just I and I don't know in the end Taylor I don't think that Carson Wentz is going to end up week one on the team I just don't know where he's going to go yet uh coming from the weekend I thought for sure by definitely by this time that he was going to be a Chicago Bear same that seemed very like a for sure thing and then since the super bowl i haven't heard jack about it yep and some of the best reporters in the country or the most connected i should say oh it'll happen in days where is it where is it still waiting i tell you i don't know i i just want it done just so we can move on just so people can stop trashing the guy. Wentz can get a clean slate. I, well, they're you know, still going to trash him. Well, Eagles, okay, fine. Fans can trash him, but I'm not going to listen to any of it because it's like, okay, he's gone. You don't have to worry about him anymore. Just let it go. Just I, It gets to the point where it's just like, okay, you're, grind, you're grinding a dead horse to the point where the dead horse is, I mean, is – completely obliterated and you're still grinding down and you're just hitting concrete at this point. That's what people are doing. Just enough. But I, but personally, Taylor, I don't think Carson Wentz, um, I don't think him continuing to be on the team is the right move for either side in the end. Nah, probably they, They'll, they'll be moving on. But like you right, said, right. where, who knows? Exactly. No, it won't be the Minnesota Vikings. Thank God. 
God, that would be hilarious. Oh, oh my God. How do you Ta- I, Taylor I might have inter- to take Taylor might have to take the, the week thought. off. Oh, done. He might done. have to take the week off when that I happens. I don't even want to entertain that thought. See, nope, done. see, key phrase there, everybody. I said when it happens, not if. All right, Taylor, let's move on to quarterback number two, Sam Darnold. Ugh. Sam Darnold, Taylor, I I still want to believe in the kid. I do. I mean, is it possible that the Jets are just so bad that it's not all his fault? I mean, in all honesty, with the weapons that he has to work with, Adam dealing with Adam Gase. I mean, is it really all his fault? No. I. It's not all I, I, his I'm, fault. I, I'm not exactly sure where he goes at this point. Wasn't, um, wasn't there a report about him going to San Francisco? I think so. I think that that's might still be a fluent com, flu, fluid conversation being traded to Houston. That wouldn't that be interesting? <laughs> Jeez. Oh yeah. Houston, off a fan base. Houston fans would love that. Oh my Lord. You know, I'd piss off a fan base in three easy steps. Or how to piss off a fan, how to piss off a fan base one Oh one or how to completely lose your fan base. Let's see here. Jaguars are out because they'll draft the QB, probably the Falcons too. Right. Uh, let's see here. Lions is traded for a quarterback. I still, I, I didn't think of this. Even on Wentz, Taylor, I still think the Broncos might be in the mix. I don't know. Maybe. You know, they keep saying they're high on Drew Locke, but honestly, one, I don't know. Why I don't, I don't, I don't two, believe that. Don't buy it for yeah, a second. I was going to say. And like I said, I don't, I, from the few games I've watched, I don't see it. I don't think he's all that great, but because, because the thing is with the Broncos that reports are that the Broncos offered drew lock and, you know, a package of other things for Wentz and the Eagles said, uh, no. Yeah. I wouldn't want drew lock one, a uh, couple of teams that I keep forgetting, obviously the Patriots Taylor. I think that bill Belichick could get. Something decent out of Sam Darnold, I think. And I know what people think about Bill Belichick, but the guy, I mean, look what he did with Tom Brady. True. Six-round pick. I, I think that it stud. would work for Darnold and Wentz if he were to trade for either of them. One team that I don't think anyone is talking about is the Washington football team. Interesting. Because, I, I mean, what do they have? Alex Smith, who who knows if he's still going to play, right? you know, at, at his age and everything. I just, and I know that if you look up and down the teams, there's not a lot there as far as, you know, who needs QBs, but some of the other ones that aren't being talked about the saints, maybe May, the Steelers, uh, maybe again, I I'm saying for people, for guys that might be looking for a quarterback, not that are in the conversation. I, that's not what I mean. I'm just saying the teams that I think people are overlooking. That's all. 
the, the Colts, obviously. Uh, I yep. mean, you know. I mean, the Miami Dolphins, if they truly don't believe in Tua, I you know, there's a lot of moving parts here. That's all. I think with Washington, it's intriguing. By the way, Alex Smith, comeback player of the year. I called that at the beginning of the season. <clears throat> um, but they just signed, not that this guy is going to be their starting quarterback. I think they just signed Taylor Heineke to a two-year deal. Two-year for lot, like eight mil. Yeah, it yeah. it's, doesn't matter. Do you know what Taylor Heineke is going to celebrate with? Some Heinekens. Um, by the way, former... Um, practice Minnesota Viking practice squad great Taylor Heineke. Um, Washington's an man, we are one. reaching for for words. You know, uh, the year that Teddy Bridgewater lost his leg, um, is actually the same summer that Taylor Heineke uh, messed up his leg by trying to kick in a glass, a plane, a pane of glass. Because he locked himself out of the house, completely messed up his leg, couldn't play that year. I don't know. Yeah, if you don't that. throw something through the window. Don't do that. Well, hey, at least he didn't punch it with his throwing arm. So, you know, <laughs> quarterback needs his legs as much as he needs his arm, dude. Taylor Heineke went out to have some Heinekens and got a little too tipsy, and uh, Samurai kicked a damn glass. So, you know, I guess. And last quarterback, Taylor, we mentioned it before. We've talked about it before. Deshaun Watson, the reason we're bringing it up again is that the Texans are holding firm for whatever it means. Again, it could just be media speak and what we do, Taylor, in certain respects. But the Texans don't want to trade him. So, So, I mean, if they get an offer, you know, down the line, there's a lot of time before the season. But Deshaun Watson is not budging off wanting to be traded. The Texans are holding out, which I understand, obviously, for a King's ransom, rightfully so, with Deshaun Watson being the great player that he is, just entering his prime, no less. But, I mean, what wins out here? Does Deshaun end up on another team by week one, yes or no? I do. I want to say yes, but I don't think it's going to happen. That's the thing is for, that I don't I don't know. For his sake, I hope so, but right. honestly, if he if he doesn't get traded, he's not I don't think he's going to play for the Texans anymore. So, either I, trade him or cut him, but they would be smart to just trade him cuz he does not want to play for that organization. And I don't blame him to be honest with you. Let's see here. Watson has still yet to speak with Nick Cassiero, the new GM, or the new head coach, David Cully. They'll both have reached out to him since they've both been hired. So they're trying to reach out to men fences, and he's just saying, I want nothing to do with it. Nope. Oh, and by the way, did you see what Brett Favre said about Watson? Yeah. I had to bring it up because I like Brett Favre, but he's completely in the wrong in what he said. What coming a, from a guy a, that... What a dope. Coming from a guy that um, for two or three years 
told the Packers he was going to retire, then he wasn't, then he was, then he wasn't, and then got pissed off and forced to trade when they decided, you know what, we're going with Aaron Rodgers. So, oh but, yeah, but but Deshaun Watson can't do that. It's only Brett Favre. Only yeah. him. Only he can do it. No other player. Nope. Deshaun Watson isn't able to, you know, try and control his own future. And some people will say, well, he signed the contract. Yeah. Again, I understand all of that, but we're talking about a player who is being the biggest hypocrite imaginable. Does Brett Favre have even an ounce of self-awareness? No. Oh, at at all. At all. No. No. Uh, Too many shots to the head, I think. Too much time out in the sun riding his John Deere, his Wranglers on. Yeah. Yeah. Just enjoy your time in Mississippi, Brett, and just hush. This coming, like, I I love Brett Favre, but what he said was completely wrong and 100% wrong hypocritical because he hasn't he hasn't said he hasn't said it about any other quarterback no hasn't said it about my guy Carson Wentz hasn't said it about him so what does that make people think hmm well I think that goes without saying you can pass your own judgment on that I have right and I and I don't want to go there but I'm just saying that for some reason he decided to call out Deshaun Watson and it's just wow the guy is just a just a dolt. Brett Favre, not Deshaun Watson. I, I I love Deshaun. Right. Deshaun's a fun player to watch. No, Brett Favre is a dolt. He's taken one, two, uh, 12 too many hits to the head. Maybe if Bounty Gate didn't happen, maybe he'd be fine. No, I'm kidding. I, I have no idea. If Bounty Gate didn't happen, we'd have a Super Bowl. <laughs> All right, Taylor. All right, Taylor. Our final football story. People know about this story, Taylor. We didn't get time to talk about it last week, and I wanted to bring it up. I'm sure you have your own thoughts. Another reason we're bringing this up is that we have new developments in the story as well. Taylor Brett Reed, son Britt Reed, excuse me, son of Andy Reed, who was the Chiefs outside linebackers coach. Last week, got into a three-car crash that left three people injured, one critically. I believe the one critical is a child, no less. Yep. Okay, Okay. just making sure I got it correctly. I, I want to say she, yep, a five-year-old. Okay, because I only have my notes, and I didn't grab that part. So, uh, so I apologize. Thank you for correcting me, or, well, informing me, I should say. The report here says I'm just giving this and then I'll give the update to it just for those who may not be aware. He had two or three drinks, also took prescription Adderall, according to a police officer statement. Police have said they're investigating whether the 35-year-old was impaired before the crash. The NFL is also reviewing the incident under its personal conduct policy. Okay. Reviewing it under the personal conduct policy, having two or three drinks, mixing it with prescription drugs, in this case, Adderall, and getting behind the wheel. Uh, yeah, that's probably a violation of the policy. Uh, seven ways to Sunday. That's number one. Correct. 
getting behind the wheel after drinking in any situation, mixing it with prescription drugs. You know, there's this little thing about uh, when you read like the little packet that comes with the prescription or the bottle or a commercial for a drug. And it says, yeah, uh, don't drink uh, alcohol with this. Uh, not a great idea. The alcohol and drinking and driving aside, that is bad enough. Mixing it with any drug. I mean, what was he thinking? You can't wait. Again, prescription drug. Have to take your have to take your prescriptions every day. I get it. He couldn't wait, saying that he's got two or three drinks in him. Again, gets behind the wheel, no less. Taylor, that's bad enough. He has the drinks and he can't. He doesn't have the wherewithal after two or three drinks to say, "I have to wait on the prescription." Taylor, I could fly a plane after two or three drinks. I'm being sarcastic. That's actually a quote from. That's actually a quote from uh, my girlfriend and I's favorite TV show. So I'm being sarcastic, but my point is, is that I have the frame of mind to still make smart decisions. I would never get behind the wheel. I've never gotten behind the wheel, even after one drink. Never. Not that stupid. So you're telling me that Britt Brit Reed is not smart enough after two or three drinks? So the guy's a lightweight then. Okay, so that's in of itself. And to bring humor into the conversation, which it desperately needs, the guy's a lightweight and I can drink more than he can. But I just... Taylor, when we have stuff like this, sports or even just on your local news of stories like this, I just, when will people just understand? And I understand that it's, it's a society thing. It's, it's that people just don't get it. They just think, oh, I can do this. Well, no, you can't. And then the chiefs put him on administrative leave. And I thought that that was a cop out. Until I learned today, which is the update that I wanted to get to, Taylor, that Brett Reed's contract actually expired, and I don't think they'll be renewing it. I I mean, no. it would be a bad look if they did. So I don't think that that's going to happen. And so that's what they did. They put him on leave until his contract expired. So I do understand it now. But at the time, I was like, oh, boy, here we go. He's just going to get a slap on the wrist, sweep it under the rug, and forget about it. But nope, the Chiefs are saying, nope, we don't want that noise. It, you're our head coach's kid. Nope, sorry, don't want it. No, I agree. And it's NFL, like you said, is investigating. Um, two to three drinks. I'm pretty sure he had more than two to three drinks, um, especially since the police officer said, yeah, he could – definitely smell a strong odor of alcohol um i've had two to three drinks before i don't think you can really smell it on me i don't know um i honestly think he had more than two to three that is your typical um anybody that gets pulled over for dui if you watch live pd um or have watched cops how many drinks did you have their answer is always two so um i think he definitely had more um 
it's a tragic situation. I see the the five year old girl is still in a coma. Ugh. Um, terrible. Just terrible. I hope I hope to hell she can pull through. Um, Same. But it, you know, when this happened, it, it got me thinking about um, uh, his brother a few years ago who died. Um, that the well, he was with the Eagles and died at Lehigh University at their uh, spring training or spring training uh, training camp during the summer. Um, he struggled with drug abuse for a while, got himself cleaned up, I do believe, but I think I believe his cause of death was an overdose then. Had um, had a relapse. It, yep. The story sounds familiar. I can't think of it right now, but it sounds familiar. Yeah, they like he's he dealt with um pills and heroin and all this other stuff and oh at the yeah, time yeah yeah and i think reed andy reed gave him so i don't know what job it was with the eagles because he cleaned himself up but i think i do believe he relapsed or it was maybe um you know his heart stopped because of the drugs he'd taken before but i'm not entirely sure but it you know it you know for them to you know for garrett reed to pass away what was that 14 years ago, 13 years ago. Um, and then for this to happen, um, you know, I, I think Britt Reed and I think needs help. Um, but I, I just, I don't know more. So I just, I just hope to hell for that family that that, that five-year-old can pull through. Um, and it couldn't even imagine. No, I couldn't either. Um, just senseless. Just, it never should have happened. Nope. And it's tragic that it happened. It's a shame that it happened. Um, that it's just it's it sucks just sucks absolutely all right taylor let's move on to a story that maybe we can yell about but for different reasons i don't know about you but i might get a little yelly up next too. everybody the mlb has decided to i use air quotes deaden the baseballs among the home run surge or amid the home runs home run surge excuse me yep I, I don't really care what this article says. I just have one question. Yep. Who cares? What Exactly. It, baseball, Taylor, go back to the work stoppage in 94. Yep. And baseball was basically dead. You have Sammy Sosa, support, Mark McGuire yep. just reviving the sport. I mean, to, to atm- atmospheric levels. And yet... And MLB's like, oh, thank you. Thank you, Lord above, for that, for Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa. And I don't think baseball is having that bad of a time. I mean, there is a lot of young talent and a lot of exciting players, position players, pitchers. It doesn't matter. And yet home runs, you would think, are good for the game. And pitchers, Taylor, a pitcher worth their worth his salt is going to be able to outduel a batter occasionally a time or two. You know, it's going to happen. It's part of the game, but so are home runs. You don't need to touch the the baseball. I Who cares? I it, this can't be a integrity of the game cuz it's not like they're doctoring baseballs. So so they're literally just saying that the baseball that our players are it's not 1920 anymore. Babe Ruth being a fat man with little girl legs to use a <laughs> Seinfeld quote. 
it's not that anymore. No. It's it's these these amazing athletes that work day in, day in, day out, seven days a week, most likely, and are amazing at what they do with tremendous talent. And you and you want to take an aspect of the game away to say, ah, we're gonna make the ball travel. Uh, let's see here. Uh, one to two feet shorter on balls hit over 375 feet. So three or one to two feet shorter on 375 feet. What? So if that is what's what they're trying to get to, who do you see a point to it? Who cares? One to two feet. Ooh. Ooh. Here's oh yeah, that that, that ball that that ball that gets hit hit out of the park. Oh yeah, Taylor, that one to two feet will just It'll take it into the difference. park. It'll just take it into the park and not into the parking lot. I go ahead. Here's the thing. Okay, so last year COVID season got shut down until they were able to, you know, make it where you know whatever you want to say. Obviously, you know ratings i'm sure we're down the world series i wouldn't want to say forgettable um but it just like i thought about the super bowl it just didn't have the fanfare it did and a lot of that has to do with 2020 so instead of in 2021 instead of you know re-energizing your fan base getting them ready for a great mlb season let's deaden the balls you know what let's let's try and take away scoring because people hate that I love a great pitcher's duel. Don't don't get me wrong. One nothing, three to two. That's fine, but I sure as hell love hit, love people when they hit the long ball. Fernando Tatis smacking grand slams. Um, your your boy Aaron Judge when he ain't hurt hitting balls out of the park. Christian Yelich just hitting them into the upper deck. One to two feet. Wow, wow. This is <laughs> really, you know. I hope they hit more home runs. It doesn't I, I make any sense. More, I hope they hit more home runs this year than they ever have before. Big Me too. You right to Major League Baseball. Y- you know, and that's the thing. Everybody loves a pitcher's duel too. But Taylor, you and I are, you and I are deeper sports fans than say your casual observer. You and I are baseball fans, like different teams, but we know how the game is played. We understand the game from an inside and out perspective, your casual observer that turns on say ESPN for a Sunday night baseball game. And you know, they're just, they're a casual sports fan. They have their favorite local teams, but you know, they're just kind of, you know, they're not where we are with sports. They love the home run. It just, it's a thing. So, so why mess that up? I I just, I don't get it. I believe Mid to late 90s, I don't believe it was the 98 season. I think it might have been before that, but I think ESPN had their sports center commercials with chicks dig the long ball. Like that was their slogan. Yep. And I I I don't think it was 98. I think it might have been right before that season, but it's true. Chicks dig the long ball. Dudes do too. That sounds kind of bad, but to each their own. Um yeah, exactly. No. You want to bring more excitement to the sport. I mean, they're starting here. I think pitchers and catchers report in two weeks, maybe a week now. Um, I'm getting excited for baseball, to be honest with you, Blake. Um, but I'm getting excited for everything. I, but you just ne- you, you can't you can't come out and be like, yeah, we're going to deaden baseballs and 
I mean, could you imagine now, you know, I said, I hope they hit the most home runs ever this year. Could you imagine if like home run numbers are drastically lowered? Like, does that, is that what MLB wants? I can't imagine it is. Of course, it's not what they want, but they, but they want the whole whoopsie whoopsie. And then they'll come out after next year and be like, ah, we screwed up. Sorry, everybody. Our bad. Juice the balls again. Our bad. You know, there, there was the thing, like, I think it was last year, two years ago, they were talking about how the balls were juiced and MLB said, no, we didn't juice the balls. So this kind of makes me believe that they might've juiced the balls and we're just going back to what a normal baseball was. I, I hear you, man. I don't and know. How the hell do you know that the ball is going to fly one to two feet shorter when it's hit over 300? Apparently all feet. the, again, I didn't really read down to the article because I didn't really a lot care. Of science. All that. Exactly. That is a lot of homework that they're coming to for one to it, two it, feet. It feels like in my mind, I picture this ball soaring and then just hitting an imaginary wall and just falling straight down. Out of the, you know, out of the we sky. We better see that this year. That's what I hope to see. Like, oh, but the uh, Aaron Judge hits a home run and he's just watching it leave the park. He drops the bat and all of a sudden, wait, what, what just happened? The ball just just dropped out of the air, like and not dropped in a normal trajectory, like just like slammed into a brick wall and just fell down. Like, yes, happened? make that happen. It better. Then, then, then that's something to watch. That that'll. That'll uh that'll get people interested. I tell you. All right, everybody. We got two more segments here for you. Two previews left to go. First up, this Saturday, UFC 258. Taylor, first up, we have Andre Ewell. He is 17 and 6, seven wins by KO, four wins by submission, six wins by decision. Andre is on a two-fight win streak. He has won three of four of his submission wins by rear naked choke. And he has beaten Ronan Brow, even though Ronan Brow was four years off of his defeated run when Andre Ewell took him down. But still a big name to defeat, even though Brow is on the tail end of his career. Andre Ewell is facing Chris Gutierrez, who is 15 and four. Seven wins by KO, one by submission, seven wins by decision. He is three, one, and one in his last five. Gutierrez has never been knocked out. His one loss, I believe, has had come via submission. I believe. I didn't write that down. I apologize, everybody. Chris Gutierrez is also a purple belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu under Mario Correa. Hmm. I'm going to take Andre Ewell, even though I think this is a pretty big toss up. I'm going with El Guapo, Chris Gutierrez. Do you know what Guapo means in Spanish? Uh, uh, I forget my ninth grade Spanish. Uh, Handsome, attractive. Oh, sure. Now that you say that, I got you. So anybody that wants to dub themselves handsome or attractive, I'm on board with. El Guapo. As Taylor says, he's the looks and I'm the brains of this operation. Up next, Kevin or Kelvin Gastelum, a longtime UFC veteran. He is 15 and six, 
with six wins via KO, four wins via submission, five wins via decision. Gastelum is two and three in his last five. He holds a black belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu from 10th Planet Black Be- from 10th Planet Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu or 10th Planet Gyms, sorry. Under Brian uh Bu- Bu- Brian Bumont, sorry, Bouillamont. Uh, I should have tried that pronunciation a little bit uh, before the show, everybody. I apologize. It's interesting that Gastelum doesn't have his black belt under Eddie Bravo, though, Taylor, because you would think That's, that Eddie Bravo yeah. would be the head trainer, obviously, at 10th Planet being uh, Eddie Bravo's uh, gym that he started and created. Then again, I mean, you would think that Gastelum would want to go to the gym that Eddie Bravo, you know, runs like the main one, not like an affiliate gym, kind of like that thing. So when I read that, it was kind of interesting. Maybe, maybe Eddie Bravo is too busy doing podcasts with Joe Rogan. No, uh, maybe. Uh, Kevin G- Kelvin Gastelum has a black belt, but he actually do- has a black belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Again, Taylor, a 10th planet black belt. There is only, I believe, like 112 10th planet black belts in the entire world. And that's just not all MMA fighters, but just guys that just practice jujitsu, just like, and fighters, but just in all combat sports. There's only like uh, uh, a certain amount uh, over a hundred or maybe under a hundred, like it's around a hundred. So it's hard to get one. Obviously it's one of the hardest black belts to get, but Kelvin Gastelum, he does not have a submission victory in the last six years. Funny enough. He is fight. He is facing Ian Heinish. He is 14 and three with five wins via KO two wins via submission Seven wins via decision. Heinish is three and two in his last five. Uh, couldn't find a lot of information on him. So I have this little interesting tidbit. I mean, I, I don't really know how good this is, but uh, it's actually kind of sad. He dropped out of college to sell ecstasy pills, got arrested, posted bail, then skipped town flew to Spain to avoid prosecution and was arrested in Spain for selling cocaine. There's a world traveler for you. Oh boy. (laughs) I knew knew you'd like that one. That's like straight out of a movie, right? That's why I included it. I thought it, I thought it was pretty interesting when I found that. Now he's fighting UFC. Exactly. Jeez. Um, and obviously I didn't mention any um any wins that he has. He doesn't have a lot of signature wins. Maybe I missed one. I apologize. Um Kevin Gastelum, I mean, he's I mean, he's on the wrong end of his last five streak that I like to put out there. Um I'm gonna go with Ian Heinish, even though I'm not that positive about it i will i will have to agree with you on that one all right 
co-main event of the evening for Saturday night, UFC 258, everybody. Macy Barber. Macy Barber is 8-1 and one with five wins via KO, two wins via submission, and one win via decision. She is 4-1 and one in her last five. Taylor Macy Barber beat J.J. Aldrich, who was one of our personal favorites. We've talked about J.J. Aldrich multiple times. Macy Barber's brother, Wyatt Barber, who is her younger brother, is actually a MMA fighter as well, who is signed to uh, basically MMA pro pr promotion, MMA promotion number two under UFC. Wyatt Barber is actually signed to Bellator MMA. Oh. Macy is saying? fighting Alexa Garasso. Garasso is 12 and three with four wins via KO, eight wins via decision. Garasso is three and two in her last five with a signature win over Carolina Kolkevich. Uh, one of my Carolina, Carolina Kolkevich is one of my uh, uh, Polish heritage uh, sisters, I guess you could say. Uh, Taylor, where does Macy, yeah, where does Macy Barber reside? I I just looked it up. Colorado. Sorry, I should have said born in then. Oh, boy, I, that I'm not sure. Wisconsin. That I I I'm surprised it took you that long. <laughs> Is she really from Wisconsin? Y yes, yes. Really. Unless if I misread that, I, I thought you were going to bring it up before I did. That's why I no. marked it down. Um, well, well, I think this should be a really good back and forth fight. I'm actually going to go Taylor's route, even for a completely different reason and take the Wisconsinite Macy Barber. You always should. Um, that would explain not that really wouldn't explain this, but um, Macy Barber looks like a chick, a chick. I shouldn't call her a chick. She would whoop my ass. Looks like a female um, that I have. I, I know, but I definitely don't know her. I, I mean, um, maybe you do. Maybe it's just not coming to you. I don't. How old is Macy Barber? Do you know? Uh, I don't have it in front of me. I think she, I, she would be, I, I shouldn't know her, but she looks very familiar, but being from, does Wisconsin, she just have one of those faces? I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I'll just quit talking before I get myself in trouble. Um, Macy yeah, Barber's Macy. nickname is also the future. Well, I mean, okay. I'll, I'll just go with her. <laughs> Stop talking, Taylor. Macy Barber is actually younger than my girlfriend. So uh, Macy she's Barber young, so is, I... she's the future that, no kidding. She's 22, Macy Barber. And from Wisconsin? I mean, come on. Come on. Fighting out of Milwaukee, so. Oh, some greats she, have no, come out of. She, she, she's a Coloradan. She was born in Colorado, fights ah. out of Milwaukee. Okay, I mixed that up. Okay, got so, it backwards. So, well, it's more important that she fights out of Milwaukee because obviously she loves Wisconsin. Um, also, some great talent that has come out of Milwaukee. Um, do you know an ex UFC or I don't know if that's what you call them that used to train out of Milwaukee? That could be a lot of people. I uh, don't know where you're going. Uh, CM Punk. 
trained out of Milwaukee. Oh, sure. Jeez. I believe he trained with um, Anthony Pettis. I believe he's out of Milwaukee. Is he not? Uh, I believe so. Does he have the nickname Showtime? Showtime Anthony Pettis, yes. Then yes, yes. So there you go. All right, everybody. And as that was the co-main event, your main event for UFC 258 for the welterweight title, challenger Gilbert Burns versus champion Kamaru Usman. First up, the challenger Gilbert Burns is 19 and three with six wins via KO, eight wins via submission, five wins via decision. Gilbert Burns is five and oh in his last five. Actually, he's actually on a six-fight win streak, but again, I only do the last five, so I got to make sure to announce that he is on a six-fight win streak, even though he is 5-0 and in his last five. Of his submission wins, half of his submission wins have come via the armbar, and two wins have come via the rear naked choke. Half of his submission wins, he's got eight, which means four wins have come via armbar. Gilbert Burns is a second-degree black belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu under Rafael Barros. And, Taylor, here is an interesting fun fact for you. Gilbert Burns started out Brazilian jiu-jitsu training at a young age when his father fixed a customer's car. His father was a mechanic, or actually in, in an auto shop, but I think his father did, like, the detail work, you know? I mm -hmm. think that's what his father did. I did not write that down. His father fixed a customer's car. Gilbert Burns and his brothers noticed a red and black jujitsu belt in the back seat. The brothers went to their dad and said, ask him to train us. So as payment for the auto work, instead of money, his dad actually negotiated three months of classes for Burns and his sons and his brothers, or Gilbert and his brothers, I should say. Burns, this is the last name. For Gilbert and his brothers, negotiated three months of Brazilian jiu-jitsu classes as payment instead of cash. That's very interesting. And, Gil and uh, he, I, I believe his brothers are... Mixed martial artists or or were in the past. I can't remember. Obviously, Gilbert Burns is the most successful of them all. But yeah, that's an interesting way to start your career. I'll tell I'll I'll say that. Up next, the champion, Kamaru Usman. Kamaru Usman is 17 and 1 with seven wins via KO, one win via submission, nine wins via decision. Kamaru Usman's win streak dates back all the way to 2013. And Kamaru Usman is 12-0 in the UFC. Kamaru Usman is a black belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu under Jorge Santiago. Taylor, Kamaru Usman is considered by a lot of fans to be a, air quotes, boring fighter. And I understand the logic, but in MMA, in boxing, what have you, you have to fight to win not fight to excite the crowd, you know, that kind of adage. It's your livelihood. It's your career. You have to fight to win. And Usman knows how to do that, being 17-1 and one 
with a win streak going back to 2013, as I mentioned, and 12 and 0 in the UFC. He has not lost in the big time under the lights. I like Gilbert Burns. I like his story. I like him even more due to the fun fact that I read that I told you guys all just a moment ago. I think it might be close, but I think Gilbert Burns is going to use his ground game more than Usman does. Usman gets guys on the ground, but he, he uses his wrestling. He doesn't really go for the submission. You know what I mean? Like he'll use his ground game. He'll use the wrestling part of it, but he doesn't really look for the submission where Gilbert Burns does. And Burns, obviously, he's well-trained in the ground game, and he's a a great stand-up fighter with a lot of power behind his punches. I think it's Gilbert Burns' time. I think that this matchup is right for the picking. It's not going to be easy. But if I take this loss, Taylor, I'm going to take it on the chin. I'm taking Gilbert Burns. You're going to take it on the chin just like Burns is going to take it on the chin when the Nigerian nightmare Usman knocks his behind out. All right. I actually I actually thought you'd go with Burns, actually. No. Oh, okay. That's okay. a great story, but I love I, I love Usman. Okay. All that right. That dude looks well, like I, a beast. I, 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 sure. Hey, wouldn't want to meet him in a in a dark no. alley, I'd run away crying and screaming and probably wet my pants and ugh, and a whole lot of other things. <laughs> no, no, no. I totally understand. All right, everybody. I hope you all enjoy UFC 258 this Saturday. One more segment, everybody. Another thing coming up on the weekend after you watch UFC 258 on Saturday night. This one is coming on Saturday after Sunday afternoon. Excuse me. What are we talking about? A sport that Taylor and I both enjoy. Taylor NASCAR is back. They're back back in the cars, in the actual cars. What is it? What opens up the NASCAR season every year? The Daytona 500 Taylor, before we get into this, It's 20 years since the fatal accident of Dale Earnhardt. I can still picture it in my brain. I watched it live. That was, it was around that time um, that I got big into NASCAR. And I think actually the whole country did. I don't not, I mean, right around that era, right around that time, like NASCAR was at its peak. Um, Fox just had a huge, TV deal with NASCAR. Um, they were making the sport cool again. Didn't seem so boring as it was. Um, but yeah, I, I remember that. I remember watching it and I remember going online, firing up the old AOL a couple hours later and going on ESPN and seeing that he died. And my jaw just dropped. Um, I remember telling my mom and um, her boyfriend at the time ended up being my stepdad, but um yeah, we were all just in disbelief. It's one of those moments. Well, you know, you'll always remember watching it and remember where you were. It was just sad. It was just, it didn't right. seem like a hard hit. And I've seen right hundreds of crashes worse than that. And yeah, same. They knew, right. I think it was Sterling Marlin who got to his car first 
I believe. And no, no, right it away. was, uh, it was, um, uh, it was, it? um, uh, uh, Sterling Marlin was the one behind him. Oh, Mike. Oh, Mike Schrader. Something, something like that. Mike Skinner. I, I can, I can picture his face. I can't think of a name because I watched the documentaries on the on that day too, and he said that as soon as he got to the car, he, he knew. knew. Yeah. He was like, if we don't move him now, I mean, he he thought he was dead. Like when he looked at him. Yeah. Just so sad. And you and, knew too, and, da- like, and, da- and Dale Earnhardt was my, my favorite driver at the time too. So it was tough. The intimidator. And that was, that race was going to be because Dale Earnhardt, I mean, he was definitely wasn't at the peak of his career, but his son, Dale jr. Just started racing at the top level. Yep. Um, uh, Mike Wallace, um, not Mike Wallace, Mikey, Michael Waltrip was part of the team too. Yep. Um, and really it was those two. Um, it was uh, uh, Waltrip and Earnhardt June Dale Jr. that were one two, and it was Dale Senior blocking everybody so they wouldn't get up to those two. Yeah, and um, that and that's the thing. Yeah, Dale on that last lap, he was trying to provide the block, and yeah, and I think he cut it too short, and and he got clipped, and that's what sent him into the wall. Unfortunately, yeah, and uh, I mean, and knew- just listening to Dale Waltrip because his his kid brother michael waltrip you know won that race and he's so happy for for his brother and and he's like you know i hope dale's okay you know like that kind of thing he's crying for his younger brother right but just hearing him try to you know show concern for his fellow compatriot and dale earnhardt that's tough to listen to too it is and i mean it's it's what a what a unreal surreal moment for him like the, the joy of his brother winning the day to the biggest race in NASCAR, but then his friend and former foe, I mean, DW and Dale had some great battles in the eighties and nineties and um, to, okay, you want to, you're a commentator. You're not supposed to cheer, but your little brother just won the Daytona 500. You're if it were my that. brother, I would, I oh, wouldn't I'd care. I'd say, I'd say, look, you know, this is, you know, producers saying, Hey, calm it down. It's I, 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 you, you know, you can't, it's just, I, I totally get it. It's just, you know, and yeah, Michael Waltrip in, in one of those documentaries, Michael Waltrip said, you know, my excitement was short lived. Cause I said, you know, after I won, he, I said, how's Dale doing? Yep, exactly. It's what a, just an unreal. And, right. And before we get to the, to the better part of this, if there is a better part that crash, Taylor, Dale Earnhardt sacrificed his own life not on purpose, but just hear me out, everybody, of what I mean, that the safety regulations in NASCAR are so much better because of Dale Earnhardt's sacrifice. If, you know, I I don't have the right phrasing there. I apologize. But, Taylor, you get what I mean, that the cars are so much safer. That Do you remember that, uh, I want to say, I can't remember if it was Tony Stewart or, no, 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 no. No, not Tony Stewart. He's retired. Uh, Ryan Newman last year. And that crash that he had at the oh. beginning of the year. And everybody yeah. was like, oh, my. I mean, everybody was like, that's not good. He's back racing in two, three races. Yeah, he he, he got out of his car and he said, I'm a little dinged up. But overall, I'm, I'm fine. 
that uh that wreck definitely brought flashbacks to yes dale senior wreck yes and it was very ominous because they brought out like a black tarp so nobody could see him they so nobody could see them get him out of the car absolutely like, but the thing is like with the dale senior crash um when the ambulance left the track it was going eerily slow and like so they didn't right want to jostle that, him or you know well, you knew like right there with the Dale one, like when an ambulance is going that slow that um, they kind of know that, well, I mean, th- this isn't good. With Ryan I was gonna Newman, say, they sped the hell out of that, uh, right, out of right. that track. I mean, and that's the thing too, is that paramedics, I mean, they do, I mean, uh, I mean, medical field, they do life-saving work. But hey, I mean, they can only do so much too, and that's the sad yep. part. But yep, exactly. All right, uh, and uh, you know, I just wanted to mention that I didn't mean to go off on a little emotional tearjerker there. I'm sure there are older NASCAR fans that listen and appreciate the trip down memory lane as bad as it is. But Taylor, let's get to this Sunday's race. Okay, so as I mentioned to you before we went on air today, I have. Uh, three guys that I think can win and three guys and reasoning behind it. Three guys that I wouldn't bet your money on. Okay. Okay. Actually, I'm going to let you go first. Who do you think is going to win on Sunday? Uh, there's a couple different routes. I want to go one. I want to say Denny Hamlin, but that would be three in a row. And that's very hard to do. Oh, absolutely. Um, but some guys he, don't some guys don't win three races in a year, let alone exactly. one in a year. And it took Dale Sr. to talk about him. It took him forever to get his Daytona 500 win. Yep. Um, so it's I really want to go that route, but I don't know. Um that's one driver, I guess, to keep an eye on. Another one I, thing I want to talk about. Um, this YouTuber, his name is Slap Shoes, big NASCAR kid. Um I think he's in like his early twenties. Okay. He's from North Carolina, South Carolina. Not sure. sure. Knows his crap. All right. He posted a video, made a video a week or so ago about the Daytona trifecta. There's speed weeks going on right now. Yep. Um, There's the Bush clash, which ran a couple nights ago, the duels, which ran Gatorade duels, right. And then the Daytona 500. There hasn't been one driver to win all three in a year um hamlin i could i could see that hamlin has come close there have been other drivers um so they did the 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 the, the clash a couple nights ago kyle bush won improbable go see it just what a fun end to a race can okay, kyle bush, so, can kyle go, bush go do the trifecta the duels are tonight he's just got to win one of them. i don't know what duel he is in he's got to win that and then the 500 New crew chief, complete new team, but he won the. I'd go with Kyle Busch, honestly. Okay. And then one more. Keep an eye out for Eric Almarola. Dude was fast in qualifying last night. Now that he actually has a ride exactly. that invests some money, he is a very talented, very underrated driver. I've always liked him. Agreed. I have too. My three, Chase Elliott, okay, Joey Logano, I like it, and I Ryan Bl- and Ryan Blaney. 
Those Ryan are my Blaney. three. Okay, I hate Logano, but that's I and, I, and it's interesting reasons. you said that. So that actually brings I up a question I wanted to ask. I don't really care for the guy either. I can't say hate him, but don't really care for him. Why do people hate Logano so much? Because he's a whiny, prickly little. I was gonna say careful. <laughs> yeah, I don't care who I wreck. Like he's wrecked Brad Kozlowski before. That's his teammate. Oh, um, I remember that. Sure. So sure. he's just, he, I don't like the way he comes off. I don't like the way there's a reason like people have fought with him. So oh, sure. I, I, just, I, I more or less mean the fans, not drivers. Yeah. He's the way he comes off. And I understand yeah. how drivers might take yeah. issue with him. <laughs> I get that. I, just, I, I, I just, I can't stand him. He's got a, <laughs> he's got a face that some people would like to punch or kick. whatever right and then my three drivers that if i were a betting man i would not put money down on and i have reasons one kevin harvick is sixth in the is sixth on the odds board but has finished eighth or eight excuse me of his nine daytona starts 19th or worse he's also also crashed out of five of his six Daytona starts overall. He was fifth in last year's race, but only has three top tens in his last eight Daytona 500s overall. Kevin Harvick is always fast and always a great driver. And Taylor, I remember watching his debut race as a rookie eons ago. I still remember it. And I said, that kid is going to be special. I'm going to hate to see when Kevin Harvick retires because, you know, it's been said the last couple of years, but I don't, Kevin Harvick is always a good racer. He's great at what he does. I don't think Sunday is the day to bet on him. Number two of three, Martin Truex Jr. Has just five top five finishes in 62 career super speedway starts. Truex Jr. has seven finishes of 18th or worse in his last 11 overall Daytona starts. While he was fourth, la- fourth last August, I just, I'd avoid it. I'd say there's more negative than positive there. Lastly, which is why I, I had it second in my list, Taylor. I moved it to last for this reason, because it's hilarious how this Played out. Kyle Bush. I knew it. I knew has it. finished 20th or worst or worse, excuse me, in his last seven, in seven of his last eight Daytona starts. He was 34th and 33rd last year in day and night race for Daytona. He has been 25th or worse in three of his last four Daytona 500 tries and is 0 for 15 in the great American race. I get the point, Taylor, behind it. I'm just saying I wouldn't bet money on it. Kyle Busch can run. Kyle Busch has simmered down in his older age. He's still a great driver. I don't think he's as dominant as he used to be, but he still can do things. Again, these three are just, if I were a betting man, wouldn't put money on, and those are the reasons why. 
See, with, with Kyle Bush, it's very interesting. Um, like I said, a whole new team this year. He's a little, you know, obviously I'd, I'd be very nervous. New crew chief. You got a, I, I believe he's got a new spotter. I could be wrong. Um, those guys tend to stay with the same spotter because that's who they hear in their ear the most. But right. you're hearing a new, a new crew chief in your ear, new strategy, different strategy, maybe not something you've been used to for the last three, four years. Um, fresh face. So it may blow up in my face, but I don't know. I, <laughs> He's due. I mean, he's. I mean, and it might blow up in mine. I, Taylor, the re, everything that you just said, I think is maybe a reason to believe that he could have a good race. Yep. You know, get a he, new start in every sense of the word. So when you said that the first time, when you went first, I honestly, as my notes here, as I type all my notes, everybody, I almost deleted the Kyle Bush bit and just went with two. I almost did it, but I just said, you know what? I'm going to throw it out there, but Taylor is making some great points. I, He's won uh, almost everything. Won a championship. He's won this one that the 500 has eluded him as it has eluded so many great drivers. So absolutely, I, he does well. He does well on these restrictor plate races, these two and a half mile races. Harvick is a very talented, very, um, uh, what's the word? I'm, I don't know. A guy that's won so many races as well, but he's another one that at super speedways struggles for whatever reason. It seems um, like he starts out well and then kind of does and just, and then when, happens. and then, and then when, and then when, you know, pit pit stops start to happen, you get pile, you get bunched up or, or maybe just even just a little bit of an adjustment here or adjustment there on your pit stop, you know, all of that stuff matters. So it's just, it's in the middle of the race where something goes wrong for Harvick for whatever reason. I would also stay away from the, the two drivers on the front row, Alex Bowman and William Byron. I yeah, just, uh, yeah. I need front to row on, on a super speedway. Just, I mean, does not yeah. a very good pick make. I believe last year, Alex Bowman won the pole too. And I don't know how he finished, but, um, those two drivers, they're young yet. Um, I, I plenty of plenty of time, plenty of time. They're not like I mean Chase Elliott's young too, but he has proven himself. Right. Um, I mean, and William Byron, William Byron year. did great on the uh, simulator races. Well, that's because that started. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Oh, that's where he God, I hope so. Everybody else was crashing out, but yeah, you know, and that and that's the thing, Taylor. I wanted to prop up William Byron and think that he's gonna do well. William Byron, for those who do not know or have, may have missed it, William Byron's actually taken up my favorite NASCAR driver since Dale Jr. retired. And for the last couple of years, Taylor, I've been trying to find guys to like. Like, you know, I do like Ryan Blaney, Chase Elliott I like, but my favorite driver is William Byron. I like to watch him run. But, uh, yeah, I just think Sunday's the wrong day to pick him, I think. Here's one more driver, and he has – he got quite the following, I think, last year or the year before um, uh, on Reddit. He was like people from Reddit really backed him, and somehow it – I don't know how it translated, but this dude, like, has become a very popular driver, and it's translated to success for him. But Michael DiBenedetto, a couple years – I don't – Okay. A couple, couple years ago, you know, not on a very good team, um, 
he was getting top 15s, top 10s, right up running up front. Last year had another solid year. He's with the Wood Brothers. Um, De Benedetto, keep an eye on him. All right. And with that, everybody, we have reached the end of another edition of Global Dynasty Sports Talk Radio. This has been episode 135. Just want to state one more time, you can listen to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, and newly uploaded to iHeartRadio. Taylor, that only took seven months to go through, I tell you. I tell you, iHeart. <laughs> I see what you I see what you did there. I am also uploading, albeit slowly but surely. We are getting on Spotify, Taylor, but not through Spotify. I'm uploading okay. it through their sister site, Anchor, and okay. it's beaming yep. to Spotify. So it we had five episodes up there months ago. I kind of forgot about it. Within the last two days, I've uploaded 25. So just give me some time and I'll get them all up there. It's just going to take me just a little bit. But you can listen to us on Spotify as well, just uh, albeit some of our older episodes. So have some fun and listen to those on Spotify, but I'll get it all up there soon enough. With that said, Taylor, we are done and dusted for another week at Global Dynasty Sports Talk Radio. Any parting words, my friend? I do. Usually I have something stupid to say at this point and something funny. Um, there's one thing, piece of news locally um, that happened yesterday. Century World in Stevens Point is going to host the 2023 U.S. Senior Open. For those that don't know Stevens Point, it's pretty much smack dab in the middle of Wisconsin. If you take Madison, go up I-39, you'll run right into it. Um so it's about, what, half hour away from my house. I plan on being there all weekend, if not all week. Senior open, uh, is that golf? Yes. Okay, that's, what I, that's yes. what I thought you were talking about. I should have okay. said the PGA senior. Yes, so I'm hoping um, that I can, you know, get a picture of John Daly and that all weekend long I see him just light up heaters um, and whatnot. Maybe I'll senior, have a Budweiser Senior open. Him. Senior open, so that means two things. One, yes. you're going to enter, and two, you're going to borrow some clothes from John Daly? Wait, enter? I'm not old enough to enter. Oh, you said yourself on uh, on uh, text today, you oh, said, oh, I'm Blake. Marty and old dude, so. I got to be at least 50. I got 15 more years to go. I just blink and you'll get there, brother. I'm telling you. How, that's, how yeah, I know. that's how fast life goes. However, I do hope um, John Daly not only crushes it on the golf course, but maybe we crush it downtown Stevens Point for a night. I don't know. Is don't Char know Charles Barkley going to make an appearance? That would be amazing. God, watching him swing a golf club is one of the greatest, greatest pleasures in life. <laughs> All right, everybody. That does it for us. This has been episode one. 35 of global dynasty sports talk radio make sure to join us next week for episode 136 uh, for taylor johnson i'm blake plotsky and we will see you then and we are out peace facebook amy always had a computer